await no longer. Greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube at the Trophy Room channel. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or if you really, really like us, you can throw us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said and all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Doing fantastic. A little bit of a bittersweet day because yeah. my oldest niece turned 10 <sighs> and everyone always talks about like, you know, cherish those moments when they're younger because they're going to get old quick that decade flew by fast let me tell you <laughs> i'm feeling it today yeah. very sad but i'm very proud of her so it was, a, it was a very happy day well congratulations to her congratulations on you being yeah. the best uncle in the world and i screwed up oh, on the you. intro a little bit because i'm so nervous now you're mr big shot mr no, i'm on ps i love all. you i'm not so much all. better than joe now how was Get it out here with how was your time you, you it you, was good it was a good time. I'm so grateful for them to just give me that chance to uh, showcase my passion for the thing I love the most, PlayStation and games. And I just, man, I just am so grateful for that chance and opportunity because not many people get that. And mm-hmm. I hope I made everyone proud here at the community or an outside of the community. Anyone that listened to it really, I think, I hope, thought the show was great. Yeah. And the episode was fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I, I love them very much for that. Dude, it, you crushed it so hard, man. I was so proud of you. I talked a little bit to you before the show started. Of like, I usually get nervous when I see my friends on shows because I'm afraid they're going to flub up. And you did so well. I was just like, I got to let these guys know that you're not taking my co-host away from me. <laughs> so I gave a very threatening email to Greg Miller. I said, listen here, he's my co-host. You hear me? He's mine. But I didn't sign no contracts. <laughs> what are you talking about? Dude, you did so great, and seeing, like, just the response online, because you are the greatest person in the world, um, and just people congratulate you, because they know who you are, and they know how amazing you are, my heart grew, like, all the sizes bigger, so. Yeah, I was, I was a big uh, uh, puddle of tears after that, because I just, it was a lot. Dude, you, uh, you, you were good so tears. good. Happy tears. Happy, Happy tears. tears. Not sad tears. Just, like, I that amount of love and support is is new <laughs> and it's coming all fast and yeah no i just yeah. thank everyone so much it's fantastic and with that we have a special guest with us you've seen her words on uppercut on uh, up rocks and on game spot miss jessica <laughs> howard how are you good hi everybody um i am great and kyle Congratulations from me as well. That is just so cool. So well-deserved. It's really fantastic seeing people like you and even like Alex O'Neill earlier this year, like these like Mm -hmm. long time, like creators, um, people who are just like so passionate about their communities and about games, like getting these opportunities because it's so deserved. And just congratulations again. It's so cool. I mean, big congrats to you. Like I love seeing you blow up and going everywhere and kicking ass like it's awesome oh thank you <laughs> i so as of right now i've only been on a kind of funny stream so we'll That's have fair. to see we'll have to see if we can i played clue with uh blessing yeah. and and yeah, love good. a good clue love yeah good love clue. good clue yeah it's awesome to see <laughs> um, so many great people make their way up the ranks and 
just to know that like you know you're in such good company like like you, you mentioned earlier it's just it's awesome to see really good people succeed and like i think mm -hmm. of like alex van aken of like you know seeing mm -hmm. how hard he works and seeing him make it seeing uh blessing make it seeing you it's just it's awesome to see people good people you know get into positions of where they can actually make some positive change so it's awesome and thank you so much for being here jessica Thank you for having me. I am I'm stoked. Very excited to talk to both of you. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I want to before we get into it, I want you to have a, a little pitch here of what is Uppercut. What are y'all about? What do y'all do over there? So Uppercut is what's so funny is I was just on a podcast yesterday, and I kind of uh, described the, the like what I do there as I am like the uppercut mom because I've realized like that's that's kind of basically what what it is um and so so uppercut is a site that I created with the editor and she or not I created Ty Ty is really the person who created it I I totally need to give Ty credit for that Ty started a blog it turned into a site um Ty's the editor-in-chief over there brought along um you know, myself, my husband, Andrew, Monty, and our friend Kayla. And it's the five of us just kind of writing and talking about games through a marginalized lens. Um, we try to bring on as many diverse voices and uplift them as often as we can. Um, focus a lot on bringing in freelance writers. We have a couple podcasts that we do over there. We do Pound Around, which is the one that I host. And that one is once a month, we talk about a big, like, games media or games industry topic, um, whether it is like something that's more industry related or if it's something that like we've noticed in games and it's kind of delving into games criticism. We also do indie mixtape, which is when we, we talk about indie games because that's a lot of our focus over there is promoting these games that maybe don't have the recognition that a lot of AAA titles do have a lot of that PR. Um, and that's what we do over there. I love it a lot. I work with four fantastic people and um, yeah, I just I think that the mom thing, the reason I said this because it's just so fresh in my mind is because I, I talked about that yesterday and I was like, because they're like, how would you describe what you do there? And I was like, huh, well, Ty handles the finances. <laughs> I make the snacks. <laughs> I make I make the snacks. I check in and I see I see how everybody's doing. I take the notes, organize the meetings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I love it over there. It's it's fantastic. Awesome. And I love yeah. all your work. Great work. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. With that, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking yeah. about Kyle. This one's for you, man. We're talking about the possibility of Warner Brothers games being up for sale yet again, question mark. We're going to be talking about the Summer Game Fest that is in lock for next month. Starfield not coming to PlayStation 5, which is kind of obvious. Hades possibly coming to the PlayStation 4. Last of Us performance mode. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash PS trophy room i want to thank our newest members uh michael moore not that one not the famous one this one from england thank you so much uh <laughs> for becoming a bronze plus member i want to thank our good friend robbie bobby miller for upping his pledge to the silver plus tier i want to thank our platinum producers todd burowitz and too soon our gold producers chaotic monkey gavin goffrey griffin west jose jimenez jedi master red Me uh, metal kirby our silver plus members hide indoors marcus o'neill oh just right JB the Purple Monkey, Jadis Vaughn Metal, Tim Ulf, and Justin Rodriguez. Thank you all so much for keeping this show going. It's the reason, because of your patronage, of why we look so good, why we sound so great, and all that. So if we ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever the case may be, it really does help us out, really does keep this show afloat. 
patreon.com slash PS trophy. And with that said, Kyle, it is time. Are you ready? Scrap yes. the news. Let's do it. Chandler Wood over at PS Lifestyle writes, Warner Brothers Interactive will be broken up in some way as AT&T spins off Warner Media to Discovery. Warner Brothers Interactive, WB Games, and its various studios are set to be broken up in some fashion as part of AT&T's larger plan to sell and merge Warner Media with Discovery. While we don't know the full scope of how it will affect WB Games, it's been confirmed that the sale will include, quote, some but not all, end quote, of Warner Brothers Interactive and WB Games. When asked for a comment by Axios, a rep simply said, quote, some of the gaming arm will stay with AT&T and some will go with the new company. They did not further elaborate on the details. Axios Steven Totillo says that there are 11 studios listed under WB Games, including Avalanche, who's do- who are doing Hogwarts Legacy, NetherRealm, Mortal Kombat, Rocksteady, Batman Arkham, and a variety of others. It's unclear how the sell of to discovery and splitting of the gaming division will impact upcoming games from the assorted studios. The sale as a whole is part of AT&T getting out of the media business, so it's curious that the sale and merger with Discovery wouldn't include everything all up. The rep's quote specifically says some will stay with AT&T, which is an odd choice given the aim that this sale and merger being leaving the media business. This leaves open questions about which studios are being left out and where they'll end up once the dust has settled. It also brings back the rumors that Warner Brothers Interactive had interested buyers from mid last year. At the time, it was reported that AT&T had decided to hold on to WB Games, but this now-confirmed deal says they've made a shift once again as they get out of media altogether. It is so strange because, like, you know, we cover games here, right? And I'm an idiot anywhere else. And so... When I hear like, oh, AT&T bought, you know, you know, Time Warner, this is news to me and it didn't go well. That's shocking. <laughs> I didn't think of this. And I, I literally had someone uh, like talk to me about what's going on over there in the business front. And I was just like, so just explain it to me. Like I'm a five-year-old, very simple child even. Like, I have no idea. But it leads into this discussion that we've had about AT&T, first off, seemingly very poor handling of Warner Brothers and all their IP, so much so that in less than around three years of actually owning that company, they're just deciding to just let it go and start selling off pieces of it. And the thing that I found interesting as well, they're even thinking about like selling DC Comics off as well. Like there's just a lot of things on the chopping block that is just very surprising and kind of like it's a like a buyer's paradise over here. It's like everything must go. That said, last year we talked about, uh, or sorry, uh, WB Games possibly being up for sale. People like EA, Activision, PlayStation, and Microsoft interested in purchasing them. Uh, We have a viewer question here. Uh, From usually, you can send us your questions over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter or the Trophy Room Discord server. This one slipped through the cracks. I don't like. I don't like this guy. I think he's a real piece of garbage. Luke Lore from the Xbox Expansion Pass writes in, again, who's arguably the worst person I've ever met, saying this. Hey, Kyle, how are you feeling, dude? Joe, you suck. Good. Jessica, I don't know who, I don't know you, but I hope you have a great episode. <laughs> Panel, WB Montreal or the Batman IP went to Sony or Xbox. What potential benefits slash harm could that have with this superhero genre of games. Jess, I'm going to toss this one over to you. What does this mean? So, 
so we're talking about if W Montreal or Batman IP went to Xbox or Sony mm-hmm. and confirming the question looking at this. Yeah. Um it's hard to say because I mean the thing is is it's like we already do have exclusive superhero games like we already do have spider-man and avengers which are both on playstation so i i can't foresee it being anything that's like a major shake-up or super unexpected but i guess it's disappointing i mean i I feel like it's disappointing anytime you know something becomes less accessible for more players Mm -hmm. so i that's that's kind of what i see like it, it doesn't surprise me at the same time though from what I read of this story. Um, it didn't sound like to me they wanted to get rid of the studios that were working on their big licensed properties. Mm. So that's I read an IGN piece, and that's what kind of they said. I I pulled it up. Let me see. Let yeah. me see what IGN said here. Yeah, absolutely, because um, I, I to me as you look, it it wouldn't make sense to pull those games out because you have a potential to make some really good cash out of that and some ip as well mm-hmm. that you kind of kind of hold on to like you know you know for better or for worse you get hogwarts legacy but you get nether realm with mortal Kombat, rock steady with the batman arkham game and then uh montreal with you know gotham knights it kind of makes sense to just hold on to them at least for a little while longer mm-hmm. while they're still at work making those games so you could get the money on those games when they come out and then like Plus, when you eventually probably sell them afterwards, mm-hmm. just makes sense. So this is this is what I found kind of confirming. It's like, so what about Warner Brothers Interactive? This one is a little more confusing. AT and T told IGN that part of Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment will be sold off, but not all of it. WBIE lists eleven different game studios. Uh, this includes Warner Brothers NetherRealm. Um, so what does that mean for my favorite games? There's a good chance that a lot of those will continue, especially if they bleed into Warner Brothers' top IP. Other studios might not work on games with one-to-one ties to Warner Media IP. For example, TT Games works mostly on Lego games. Warner Media doesn't have close ties to Lego games. Universal does. So if you're looking to sell studios, that's the type of places where they'd start. Mm. So things that have like their major players in it, um, I don't think they're likely to part with right away. Yeah. Um, and I think that even kind of makes Avalanche a bit safe right now too, right? Because Hogwarts Legacy is coming out next year. Um, so I don't think that, and like, this is kind of everything that I've read about it has kind of said that nothing is going to be changing very soon. Like the whole part of this whole merger is because Discover and, uh, not HBO, Warner wanted to kind of form a conglomerate that could take on like disney plus or netflix and like be up there with like the top streaming services so as of right now they've said that they're not going to get rid of either streaming service you can still i think it's like 15 for hbo 7 for discovery is what it was and you can still separately pay for those and you'll get everything um there's not any changes made this year Mm -hmm. and i think that it's going to kind of be this it's going to be a slow process okay so we're, we're we're we still have batman for now what are you telling me, Jess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think so. Based on what I have read. No, you sound like the expert we'll here. I'm gonna take your word for it. I like this <laughs> because Kyle, this is the one thing we fear, right? Like Batman be taken from us, just like his parents were from him. So, like <laughs> Kyle, what what do you say for 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 Luke's question here? So, yeah, it's safe for now. Things ain't changing, but what if they do, Kyle? What if they do? What does that mean for superhero games? 
again, everyone listening to this knows selfishly, I would love for Batman to still be on my Sony PlayStation. Hmm. I, 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 it would, it would, it would suck for me to see Batman become an Xbox exclusive, just because they don't own that that console, that ecosystem yet. Hmm. Eventually, mm-hmm. at some point, I will. But on the flip side of that, I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian here. Okay. I don't know if I want Sony to own Batman either, because then all the superhero games are in one spot. Like, that's... Isn't that awesome, Kyle? In a way, yes. But also... <laughs> I was going like, I don't yeah. want... I don't want... Everyone was upset, like the the Spider Man exclusive thing in Avengers True. is on PlayStation, right? Ever like that? I can understand why, but like if all the, the superhero games are on one platform, that's it's a big uh, it's a big red flag for a lot of people outside of PlayStation. That that'd be super bummed. Again, would love it, but it's it's not good for for video game as a whole. I feel like to just like these beloved characters only on one spot and this is all you can like Kyle, uh, read the yeah. room here we're a playstation show you can't say yeah i know oh, man let's give xbox something because then they'll think we're too nice and then we think we're too lenient you know <laughs> i'm not saying xbox buy batman i'm just saying let the batman mm-hmm. go everywhere that he wants to go let okay. him be free let him be free yeah. I let, let the bat fly free <laughs> exactly <laughs> and give us bat fleck okay give us one more we deserve it. It was so good. I will. And I will see what I would be on it. What I would hope out of this eventually, at some point, is I want somebody to uh, do with Harry Potter what they did with uh, George Lucas and just rip that away from J.K. Rowling because <laughs> fuck J.K. Rowling. Absolutely, yeah, sure. And and, and and then I can feel good about being a HP fan and mm-hmm. buying HP stuff. But that's the that's the big the big if yeah. there uh but yeah i don't think like jess was saying in, in that other car article i don't think these uh works are going to be like they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon yeah like, i, I kind of think so too and i kind of think as well like i don't think batman would be on the chopping block for them at this point in I time. I don't think so either. I think it's mm. going to be stuff like the article mentioned, like TT Games with the yeah. Lego games. Or I think like I could even see NetherRealm going somewhere else. That's like, ex- I could see... NetherRealm's a big one. That's the Nether thing Realm I was could, thinking, like, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and if that's the case, then, you know, the way that we see that is like we might not get the Mortal Kombat DC games, you know, um, things like that. So... You know, which is kind of a bummer. I know a lot of people really like those. Oh, and but I, even, we won't ever get to... Even for comic book fans, I mean, they're just announced they're making an Injustice movie, animated movie, mm-hmm. because of how yeah. popular that that game is. And I, I think you're right, Jess. I think the one that would be would be there to kind of go would would be NetherRealm. And I think out of all the studios, I kind of think if you're Sony, that's the one you want the most, because like Batman, great, awesome, but you already have your superhero game with spider-man and you have to work out another licensing deal as well with them and so if you had nether realm which hold the ip to mortal kombat well that's an audience that sony has been very interested in tapping into with their esports and they already have a very deep partnership and relationship with mortal kombat and um what what did they just buy as well playstation just buy the fighting tournament place evo evo there you go Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah they just bought evo as well so i'm thinking Mm -hmm. that would be probably the one you're actually interested in the most kyle am i crazy here 
Do you, would you see Not that as a possibility? I think that's a great call with the Evo connection. Um, I think that just makes sense. Is because like PlayStation also has a history of locking down a fighter when it comes to like Street Fighter. Yeah, that was ex- console exclusive on PS4, um, and it hasn't been anywhere. I don't think it's been on Xbox after that point either. Yeah. I could be wrong, but like they they have a history of locking down these iconic fighters, and what better way than to just buy the second biggest fighting franchise of all time in Mortal Kombat and Realm. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense. But I also think that this is one of those stories that I think just knocked out of the park here is I don't think you're seeing any, any, anything move at this very point in time because of how far into production they are with these titles. Mm-hmm. If we're just a year out from uh, Hogwarts, if you're just a year out from... Uh, Gotham Knights and whatever Rocksteady's hopefully up to um, get is in fruition if they're in deep progress. I don't think you want to throw away that progress with a sale. I think you kind of want to hold on to that IP, hold on to those studios because I don't and think the it's new a... Lego Star Wars game that's been worked on forever. At this I can't point. wait. Me and Jedi Master yeah. Ren. That's his most. That's yeah. his most anticipated. That's oh god, so up there for. Yeah, I do think too that once we come out of this, like small lull of delays because of COVID um, and we start to see these games that have been in production for the past couple years that were all supposed to come out like this year or the end of last year that have just gotten pushed um, we might kind of see what WB's priorities are mm-hmm. um, because for instance I mean if some of these games like come and they knock stuff out of the park like that's going to cause them to reevaluate things I think mm-hmm. that right now because of that, they might honestly be kind of scared, and that might be part of the reason they're like, what can we get rid of? Is because everybody's, like, they're, not everybody, I mean, the games, honestly, last year had a really good year, but there's still a lot of people who are scared about these gambles and these risks that they're taking with with making these games. So that could be part of why they are, like, looking at their portfolio and seeing what they could get rid of, what they could part ways with. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be it. It would the stupid boardroom suits like only worry <laughs> yeah. about bottom lines. Like, yeah, that's what CD Projekt Red ran into with Cyberpunk. They just like here, put it out. Just put it out. It's time. Enough delays, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, I think. Oh no! I think the saving grace really with with the Batman games though, and why I'm not super worried is like. Right now, everything is about licensed property, like like already, you know what I mean, like longstanding properties yeah. and and like the IPs that these places have, um, and like if anything, this story is kind of just indicative of the larger pro- problem of monopolies <laughs> and like oh, that yeah. they have to forge these unions so that they can compete with like Netflix or who, you know what I mean? Cause like this is part of this is for the streaming stuff. Like part of mm-hmm. this is for the television side of this. It's not just games. Um, but like, yeah, it's like it's who can have the best crossover, who can have the best this, who can have the best um, streaming platform. And it's a wild ride. It's a very wild and unpredictable, yet completely predictable ride. Yeah, I mean, it's becoming overwhelming. Really? All these yeah. streaming service, everyone has their like I was, streaming thing. Yeah, like I, I like I love HBO Max. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love it. Like last night, I got into Mythic Quest. On Apple TV, it took a few episodes, but like I am so in, I am so in. And episode four is just like it hits me where I live. (laughs) So yeah, like Mythic Quest is so good. It's so good. It's so it's so freaking good. So that said, like yeah, everybody's kind of trying to compete with the Netflix and and Disney route, and 
yeah it is, it is like so predictable of like half of these uh you know half of these services are just going to flutter and and fail and the very few are going to succeed and yeah we're mm -hmm. kind of seeing the reaction to all that in real time it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. nuts to see you know what else is pretty nuts to see though kyle what summer game fest taking up this whole goddamn summer yet again <laughs> Summer Game Fest locked in for next month will showcase content from 30 different partners. This article comes from Alex Gibson over at Twinfinite. As expected, after a successful debut last year, Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest is set to make a return in 2021 with another showcase. Today, though, the company has announced its schedule for the first time. The opening day, commencing on Thursday, June 10th, will feature a live performance from rock band Weezer and a Day of the Devs event all of which will be streamed live across Twitch, YouTube, and other channels. The calendar for the month-long event is already available over on the Summer Games Fest website, which includes digital showcases like Ubisoft's Forward, Steam Next, and EA Play. More are expected to be added as we get closer to June. Although there's nothing specifically locked in yet in terms of what sort of content will be shown, we do know that Summer Games Fest is collaborating with 30 different partners, including the likes of PlayStation, Activ Activision, Blizzard, Riot, Warner Brothers, Coke Media, and many more. Oh my goodness. It's just, you know you have possibly the widest announcement where you're like, and y'all, we got Weezer. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> white guys age of 30? Huh? Isn't this exciting? I just love that they have to add rock band Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like Weezer can stand on its own without having a rock band. The rock what's, band Weezer. Yeah. What's so funny is you said rock band Weezer, and in my mind, I went to, like, why are they advertising them for, like, being in rock band? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's where my mind like Guitar Hero Metallica or something like, oh yeah, my god, oh, a rock band's back with Weezer. You, you can maybe, so you know good. what, you can mistake it as Ubisoft's Rock Smith, Weezer. Oh. You never True. know. There you go. So, uh, just a little snippet also, there will be a show on June 10th, this comes from, um, uh, um, oh my god, why am I blanking on Jeff, Jeff Keighley. Um, I'm just paraphrasing. There will be a show on June 10th, 12 premieres, two hours long, according to Jeff Keighley on Twitter. Um, and then our good friend Boxenberger writes in, which, uh, real talk, breaking in here, I am so happy you are better. You recovered from COVID. You had a very close call. Oh. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, he writes in, Keeley is going to start this thing two days before E3. That's weird. Do I have the feeling that something is wrong with E3? We still don't know anything about it. No dates, no publishers, no shows, no nothing. It's less than a month away. And even when it comes to the Ubisoft thing, and this is just me, like, Ubisoft is Summer Game Fest and it's a part of E3. Even Jeff kind of said, like, yeah, it's it'll be at E3, but it'll also be on Summer Game Fest. They're like, it's... <sighs> just, do you think that this is Jeff Keighley's move of trying to overshadow E3? It could be. It kind of um, sounds like it, right? He, uh, I, and, you know, I think that E3 has been in decline. Um, and I think, I mean, that's just kind of, it's weird because attendance is up, right? But, yeah. like, or at least from people. But it was getting to the point where it was, like, overcrowded. And then there's all of these, like, issues that happen at these conferences. And then last year it had to be all digital. Um, and so it's, like, 
and there and there's just been people who've been pulling out of it. There was that leak of all of the information that came out about all of the journalists who are covering E3, and it made like journalists be like, "Well, I don't even want a media pass anymore because like my address was given out to people who hate me." <laughs> um, you know, so it's like there are all these hesitations now with E3, and I think that the time is right for um, Jeff Keighley to come in and uh, swoop that shit up. Because, I mean, he's kind of already known for doing the Game Awards. Like, he's a Mm -hmm. big face as far as hosting goes in in games media. Um, So. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, it could definitely be that. Yeah. It kind of feels like how, like, he's out. He's been out maneuvering the E3 or ESA for for a while now. And do you think that this is him kind of doing a red wedding to E3 of, like, (laughs) Yeah, you have this show, and guess what? You can have this show, and those partners that are participating will also be participating in my thing. So, suck it, ESA board. Like, what what are your thoughts uh, on this, man? Do you think this is Jeff Keighley just giving the axe to E3? I think it's definitely definitely a step in that direction, for sure. He definitely knows what he's doing about choosing the timing of this and um it's good to see that he's learning from what i think a lot of people were saying about last year how there was just too much on two diff- too many different days and it was just a lot over a course of a long period of time and now it's just like another like game awards kind of show two hours mm-hmm. long kind of like gamescom the opening night live thing so i'm happy he's learning from that it's cool that these all these different partners are going to be in this as well as E3 because, like Boxenberger w- was saying, like we know that they are some are still participating in E3, but what is that going to look like since it's all digital? It, when are we getting these press conference dates? Whatever, like even like EA, right? Their the EA showcase is in July. It's like a full month later. Yeah, like it's it's very odd how things are so in flux and we're supposed to be less than a month away at this point now like i feel freaking like, me out as just a fan of e3 and press conferences not knowing when to mark on my calendar and be like hey don't bother me here in on this date <laughs> yeah, and time. i feel like they didn't learn anything to be honest like uh, when i see this move it's like yeah we're gonna have a kickoff on june 10th great 12 premieres probably more great two hours long all right but like all these are fine but you're right like we still have an ubisoft forward a week afterwards we still have an EA Play in July. We have no idea what PlayStation is doing, which we'll get to in a sec. Like, it seems like they really just went uh, more of the same. <laughs> and we're all kind of scared to kind of step on each other's toes that we'll just we'll just do the same thing we did last year. It To me, it, it, it kind of muddles things for me. Like, yeah, we're weeks away at, from E3 at this point. We still really don't have a strong structure of what's happening here. We know Xbox will be there in a way. We know Nintendo will be there in a way. Ubisoft will be there sort of. And like that's kind of that's kind of it. And so my question comes back to you, Kyle. When it comes to PlayStation, they're skipping E3 mm-hmm. yet again. Good on them. When do you put out your show? When is that state of play? Is it is it hmm. during you know the Xbox event? Is it a day after, a week after? Where would you put this sucker? That's a good question. Well, I'm the host of this show, baby. I know 
<laughs> to navigate. Uh, let's see. This is June 10th. Mm-hmm. Two days before, right? But we're e- I'm going to say June 11th. June 11th. I'm going to say PlayStation will be like, here, right before E3 starts. Probably not. They're That's stupid. They're, I don't think they would do it on a Friday. <laughs> I love how you're like, I'm going to cement this in stone. Actually, I'm yeah, going to walk I'm, it back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through it yeah. live on camera. Yeah, workshop it um, with me, Kyle. <laughs> instead, I mean... It's de- I definitely don't think it's before June 10th. Okay. I think I think during the show Sony will have like a premiere and they'll be like, "Hey, stay tuned in blah blah blah, then we'll get the date of whenever like the state of play or whatever they're going to call it." And it'll be like in a week or two, maybe. The Future of Games Part 2 or Part Ooh, Ducks. That'd be good. It's friendship. I don't know. Cuz like they <laughs> have to have a show, right? Yeah. We need to know the horizon date. We have to know Horizon yeah. from Midwest. I was on a, I was on a show just a few days ago, and I, f- I forget if it was me or someone else saying, like, PlayStation's the best at taking the wind out of their competitors' sails. So, like, I don't think there is a way that they go before Xbox. I actually think they're probably a little bit intimidated since you have the Bethesda show and Xbox show shaking hands and handing each other off to, to their prospective uh, showcases. So I think if you're at PlayStation, you kind of want to sit back and just see and see what you can do and how you can maneuver uh, uh, your show and see the best way to take the wind out of the Xbox's sale. I just To me, it would make sense. Like, okay, do we do it a week after? Do we do it a few days after? What's the game plan here? Um, and I think Sony's probably smart for doing that, for, for being so, um, I guess, lucid with how they're handling things. Is that a word I'm going to use? I don't want to correct me. Jess, I go to you. When do you think this state of place happening? Since it's part of Summer Game Fest. And since you're a guest here, I want to know a crazy prediction from you. I want to know what you mm. would like to see. Your pie in the sky. What you'd like to see from state of play. Is it a new IP? Is it a sequel? Is it a remaster remake? <sighs> Tell me. I... Bring back Sly Cooper. No. Um, yes. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's my uh, crazy demand. Um, mm-hmm. I don't So I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like PlayStation generally, I mean, because they even did this, and correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a bit, whenever the console prices were finally dropped, it was Xbox first and then PlayStation like two days after, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's something crazy. I feel like PlayStation and like even the, like the consoles were the same way too. Like, PlayStation is very good at, like, observing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, like, kind of knowing when to strike. Um, And so I I agree with you, Joe. I think that it's probably going to be a little bit after. It's going to be a little bit later on. Um, And maybe still during E3 because maybe, who knows, maybe they're going to be a little bit petty. Maybe they're going to be like, oh, E3, people are watching. you got a high viewer count. Well... (laughs) (laughs) um you know i i don't know i I, like i really don't think they're that vengeful and petty but like it's just something that i could see happening um yeah and i don't know i think that there are so many projects that are in the works Mm. um so i'm really kind of expecting to see more of like god of war um and i'm expecting to see more from uh horizon Mm-hmm. I think those are going to be like the two things that they really like hang on to. Um, what else do I think? I think that, um, oh my gosh, what is the game that I am thinking of that I think Platinum is working on? Ooh. 
Um. Oh, I know this. Kyle, you get it. You get it. Babylon's fall. Yes. Ba- yeah. Babylon's fall. That's exactly it. Um. Kyle with the C. I, I think that we're gonna see some of that. And mm. I think we're going to find out a little bit more information about it. And I think that it somehow is connected to Nier. Um, I think that that's going to happen. Okay. I like we'll it. See. I like it. Bab- like, honestly, you, you, you came at us at left field here. I love it. Um, to me personally, and maybe it's because I got a little stakes in here, but it has been for me like the killer, the killer thing you just end the show with. It's been 2,247 days since the launch of Bloodborne. I just, you just give us anything. I saw people are tweeting at me. They was like, there's I, a guy that said cert, like certain words that if you can connect them together, it says Bloodborne. <laughs> and I'm like, don't, oh, that's so good. Don't give me hope, internet. Don't give me hope just to see my dreams die in front of me. But that's all I need. That's in, and you're right. Like for like, after, you know, God of War and like Horizon, it's like, what is it? Like, you, it, there couldn't honestly be another Spider-Man, right? Like, it's so mm-hmm. close to Miles, but then you think Miles is so close after, you know, Spider-Man PS4, so it just gets you wondering. I can't, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the devs come out, like the second-party devs, the ex-dev teams come out and show their new IP as well. I really love the direction that PlayStation's going, partnering with smaller studios, partnering with you know, medium-sized devs to really crank out some new IP and some new ideas. So, yeah, I definitely I'm, think I'm we'll. I definitely think we'll see that uh, that Firewalk Studios game. Oh, really? Because I believe it's been like in maybe not development, like proper development, but like 2018, the idea was being floated around. And people were working on it for a couple of years at this point. Mm. So I think that might be farther along than a lot of people think. But so that would be a kind of a cool little splash. Like here, here's this fir- first-person shooter exclusive multiplayer game here on PlayStation. Yeah, that would be a, yeah. I think the 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 obvious one too that I think nobody's really thinking about as well is Final Fantasy 16. Do you think that's mm-hmm, a shoe in yeah. as well? Yes. They still say it's uh, in, my, out in my this year. in my opinion. I think it does. Yeah. I don't know if it's coming out this year, no but I think it's definitely going to be there. Yeah. 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 Also, they have so many um, indies they need to update as well. Yeah. So many from last year that we don't know anything about. Little Devil Inside, Stray, mm. Jet the Far Shore, Goodbye mm. Volcano High. All these need dates, and they all said they were coming this year. So I, I expect a lot of updates on that on the PlayStation front as well. Are you going to be... I'm curious to... Go for it, Jess. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, no, no. I, I'm curious, like... If we're gonna, if there's gonna be any like DLC or anything for The Last of Us Two, if there's gonna be anything from oh, like factions, yeah, I don't like some. I don't know because like I so as far as what I know, like Naughty Soft or Naughty Soft, wow, (laughs) Naughty Naughty Dog. (laughs) That's a horrible. I love it. Please, no one ever (laughs) name your studio that. Um, they they talked about how Neil Druckmann and the co-writer whose name I cannot remember her name right now. Holly Gross. I was it. I believe it's Haley Gross or Haley yeah. Gross. Oh, Haley, yeah, yeah, Haley Gross. That's exactly yeah. Um, they have already written uh, the Last of Us Three, mm-hmm. 
but they don't know if they're going to do it. They're like, yeah, we have, like, we know what it would be and, like, that's laid out. But, like, we like to look at all of our options before we, like, settle on something and say, okay, we're doing it. Yeah. So because that came out, like, a month ago, I feel like that means that they haven't settled on anything and are just looking at options. So I'm not expecting anything new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, they're not just sitting there, like, fiddling around and being like, hmm, well, everybody just, like, chill for a minute. We're going to figure it out. Like, they're working on something. Yeah. So it's like, is there, like, an expansion or DLC coming out? Is there, like, a different game that they're go- like i don't know could they be going back to jack and daxter who knows <laughs> god i hope i miss jack and daxter <laughs> give us you know what be brave playstation give us a jack uh J- jack and daxter 3 remake ground up kyle your smile disappeared because <laughs> you started at three why start at three with the remake go because back to one as a kid i wasn't allowed gta and that was the closest thing i had to gta uh... I get that. So there you go. Just my my first experience with GTA was uh, GTA three and Final Fantasy ten. <laughs> got on the same day. <laughs> what a, that's what a, a combo! Two, that's, a, uh, that's a that's a good day. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's an interesting thing to 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 dual fist there. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely it was. Listen, all this fun is is, is all great, right? But there's something that we we know is not coming. Mm. And that's Starfield on the PS5. Oh, break this news for me. Uh, Jeff Grubb over at VentureBeat writes, Why Starfield won't be on PlayStation 5? Microsoft has no plans to release Bethesda's upcoming space role-playing adventure Starfield on Sony's competing PlayStation 5 console. That shouldn't surprise too many people after Xbox boss Phil Spencer said in March that Microsoft acquired Bethesda to add exclusives to Xbox Game Pass. Where, micro- where Minecraft can exist as its own service, Starfield is about growing the Game Game Pass service. And even if Bethesda has ambitions to make massive, connected, live service games, it's unlikely that anything will turn into the next Minecraft. So an effort like a blockbuster game release from the team that made The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is best if Microsoft treats it as an investment into a larger service. Quote, with Game Pass now the center of the... E- xbox ecosystem it is becoming more important for microsoft to invest in exclusive content and ip that increases the value of the service that leads to new user acquisitions end quote nyko partners analyst daniel ahmad explained on twitter b pelosi writes to us on discord from the great land of brazil they uh they say hello my friends of the trophy room here's a question for you There was much speculation when Microsoft acquired Bethesda about whether or not the next intellectual property developed by Bethesda would be exclusive to Xbox. With the announcement of Starfield and the information that the game will not be present on Sony consoles, what do you think Sony's response will be? Development of new intellectual properties, acquisition of new developers, etc., etc. Now, I bring this to you, Kyle, first. What do you think? Is there a Sony response? What does Sony see when they see Starfield? Because I know rumor has it they did reach out to Bethesda and say, "Hey, we wanna we wanna do a marketing deal with you." They did Deathloop. They're doing Ghostwire, but something fell through with Starfield. What do you think uh, PlayStation's response is? Do you even think there is one? I don't know what that response would look like, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's, it's not like they can just make a, 
a big open world RPG just out of thin air to to replace it because something I didn't think about, but when I was on PS, I love you, Bless was talking about like, yeah, no, Starfield had a PlayStation version of that game being worked on, so like that thing exists in some form in some sort of completion percentage, so it's weird to think that that's just sitting there and it's just not going to be used. All those man hours and, and thousands of hours of employees, developers working on this version of the game and it's no longer being used. That's a little weird to think about. Um, but I don't I don't know what Sony can do as a response to this. I think, like, in some ways, that response is Final Fantasy sixteen being console exclusive. Mm. Like, in some ways, these other third-party deals is that response of, like, all right, let's get these other games in as an exclusive to kind of, like, bolster why you could should be playing over here. Um so I, I think by using those little deals and like over what's the number twenty five new IP yep. I think it was oh no like twelve um, or thirteen new oh, IP oh, yeah twenty five in total exclusive games yeah. yeah um I think that's where where they make up ground and and try to cover or uh, make up for losing out on this massive brand new Bethesda RPG that won't be on their platform. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, too. I think what we we talked about last week actually speaks to that. I think the way Sony kind of claps back is they really can't just go out there and purchase things you know, willy-nilly, right? They just don't have the cash for that. But what they can do is partnerships. And luckily for PlayStation, they're pretty good at it. Um, so I don't think necessarily it's like, okay, let's... Let's buy something with a spaceship. What's this Tesla I hear all about, you know? Uh, nothing like that. <laughs> what te- no, not Tesla. What's the, what's, the, what's the space thing Elon Musk owns? SpaceX? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an yeah. idiot. Whatever. That joke failed. But what won't is I think Sony's rep- response is what we're seeing. These second party deals. Um, what they have in the pipeline. Um, that said, Jess, I go to you with a different question. Why was people surprised? Like, Xbox, I mean, Microsoft purchased Bethesda. They said, hey, this is going to come to wherever there's an xCloud or Game Pass device. We don't got that here on PlayStation. Uh, and, and that they, they have pretty much the exclusives of Bethesda titles. Why are we acting like this is, this is such a shock? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand either. This is like, this is not shocking in the slightest. Like, I think that anybody who thought, because, so I will say that whenever, um, who, who did the, I can't remember who did the, the conference where they were talking about, like they were giving the details on it or like the the interview. Um, but they said like, oh, oh, it was Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer was like, oh, it'll be on a a case by case basis is, is, is like Mm -hmm. what he used. It was like, it'd be a case by case basis. The second that I heard that, I'm like, this is a very nice way of saying like, no, Elder Scrolls (laughs) games and, but that they're not going to be on that. Like that is the nicest way. Like, like that's really all that is. Um, And so I don't know why we're surprised. And as far as like what Sony is going to do to clap back, I think that instead we should look at it the other way and think like, this is Xbox clapping back and they did so very effectively. Sony has always annihilated Xbox in terms of exclusives. Like they really just have, you know? And like, I'm not trying to, to like say anything bad about Xbox. Cause like, I know like gears and halo, they're all very important series to a lot of people. But when it comes to like the big exclusive titles, I feel like Sony's just got it. 
And that acquisition was the best and smartest thing <laughs> that Xbox could have done. And now mm-hmm. we're seeing how it is. Like, if if that's how it's going to be, if like if we are entering a media era in which, much like streaming services, everybody's owned by one or the other, and everything is exclusive, and everybody has to buy both, like... That's the environment environment that we're creating, um, and I think that if Sony continues to to clap back and Xbox does too, it's just going to kind of get nastier, and it's going to get harder for people to be. It's going to be harder for the players, and at a certain point, like you know, I think that each one of these companies thinks like I'm getting this to make our system the best and our and, and like our play like the player base, I guess, like they're going to have the most. We're offering the most to these people, but at a certain point, it becomes anti-consumer friendly because it's like really what you're doing is limiting people at a certain point um and and just like kind of taking advantage financially (laughs) um so i don't know i i think that that's kind of the way to look at this it's kind of a little bit of a a dark but real thing (laughs) no i think you're 100 percent right like that's the always the fear that i have is the consolidation of the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to talk to our, my good friend Ains about this because he, he shared some insight because he's a much smarter man than I about like consolidation in other markets um, where he's just like, I'm not too concerned about games right now. But like for me, yeah, I just take a look at like how many publishers are there really? Like like four developers out there. Uh, you know, it, it just feels like for me... Yeah, we just see companies buy buy companies, and then all of a sudden, your choices are just whittled down to a select few, and that usually doesn't benefit us all too often. And so, like, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I am a little concerned. I don't want Sony's I don't want Sony's response to like, okay, here's the wallet, and here's what we can do. It's I really like the approach that Sony's doing of like. So we don't have that wallet. <laughs> we're kind of strapped for cash a little bit in that in that way. So let's just do something we're really good at, which is like partnerships, partnering with smaller teams, enabling them to do some mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Like with Returnal, we keep on uh, you know banging that drum on. It's just like that's a that's a game that is unlike a Sony game in the in the likes of it's just a shoot 'em up. It's a bullet hell. It's mm-hmm. hard as all hell, and yeah, it's really different it's telling a different tale so yeah i'm i'm right there with you i I, it's no surprise am i bummed out honestly no and i'm gonna say something this is the hottest take i don't understand why people are so excited about starfield i've seen a logo and maybe an image of like a game that's unfinished i have no reason to be excited like they showed a picture of a hallway i think of a wall i'm just like Cool. That's I mean, a, a wall. I, I can say why I'm excited. I'm excited because I love space games. I mm. love RPGs. So the fact that another massive open world, you know, space RPG in the veins of Mass Effect, mm-hmm. um, something brand new that is super exciting. And it, it is, it is a bummer that I won't be able to play it on my PlayStation. But by the time that comes out, hopefully, I will own a Series X and be able to mm. play it there. Real talk. I know. Just you, you're switching your face. Just gonna see this. Yeah. You know me. Hey. Hey. Yeah. You know me. Physical games. Come on. Oh, I need that drive. Kyle. Listen, I've had I an Xbox. Drive. I have not bought a game since like <laughs> I don't even know. One was Game Pass. I don't know. It's 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 I, been a minute. Yeah. 
I love Game Pass so much, but Kyle, I agree with you more and more lately. I'm like, mm, maybe I don't. I feel like I'm turning into like that 70 year old grandpa because I'm like, maybe yeah. I don't trust these digital games. Yeah. I feel, you know, I I don't know. So I I I love Game Pass. Like mm-hmm. I I I bought my um, Xbox. Oh my god, they have too many fucking names. Yeah, they do. I know. <laughs> what yeah, else? I know. You're not allowed to say um, it, or else people yell at you. But they really do. They're naming conventions. They. The oh charts. my god, it's it's so bad. It's so. Anyway, I bought it for like a hundred bucks, and I was like, I don't even need to put discs in it because Game Pass, and like this is just my digital game machine. But I do think, like you, Kyle, if I get the next gen one, I'm gonna get the one with the discs. I kind of want to start collecting those again. So right. yeah. I'm over it. I'm now that I'm a digital boy. I'm a digital boy forever. I love it. I don't, you know, I I love it. I can't get enough of it. There's so much less clutter. You should see this desk, gang. It's it's <laughs> awful. It's just all of it. It's it's bad enough. So just thinking of like all the plastic boxes that be just strewn across this room is just no. I could not handle it. So I'm really mm-hmm. happy. I'm digital life, and I see the light. That said, we have some flash news. Some quick takes, and then we'll get to the second portion of the show. First off, Hades has been rated for the PlayStation 4 by the Korean Woo-hoo! Rating Committee. This comes from Adam Bankers from IGN. Hades has been rated by the Korean Rating Board Administration Committee, hitting that, hinting that super giant games roguelike will soon make its way to other platforms beside PC and the Nintendo Switch. This was uh, spotted by Mod Z, a reset era. Uh, member Hades rating also indicates that Take Two will be the publisher. Quick thoughts, uh, Jess. Question for you: Why did they make everybody fucking hot, dude? What's f- everybody? They're all so hot. That game is a bisexual paradise. I <laughs> am so excited. I though realistically, yeah. like I, I am a hundred percent. I know this is a PlayStation show, but I'm a Go Switch bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anytime Fair. any indie comes out i'm like but is it coming on switch like Same. i haven't picked up i'm so like i don't know why but like i just like having my little indie machine like not like big triple a titles like i'm not gonna i don't know if like in a in a magical land right where like horizon the new horizon game is coming to all three systems right i would never in a million years pick a switch then but mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. it as like my my indie system um so like i don't know if i'm gonna buy it on playstation just because like i like playing it on my switch i've yeah. invested so much time into it on my switch it almost kind of seems weird that it's coming so late because but but then again for there's a lot of people who still haven't picked it up yet and maybe this will you know be the way that they do absolutely um but yeah i'm excited yeah. No, I'm the same way. The reason why I'm excited for play, for it coming on PlayStation, because I do have it on my Switch, is that I have it on the Switch Lite, and the words, I can't read anything. Oh, yeah. I need, like, a magnifying glass. It's ridiculous. So, like, for me, I don't want to be, like, an old person reading a news, you know, a, a crossword. I can't do that. I can't do that. So that's yeah. why I can't wait for the big screen. It's going to be real nice. Kyle, question for mm-hmm. you. How excited yeah. are you for this? I am so excited. Yeah. I've been beating the drum for Hades to come to PlayStation for yeah. so long. Um, I home. own it on PC. I played it on there for uh, a little bit. I prefer sitting on my couch and, and playing my games on my TV. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see all like the God intended, Kyle. <laughs> in 4K yeah. and, and be and be uh, a thirsty on my couch while yeah. playing this game. <laughs> um, yeah, I it's I want to experience that game. Uh, it, to completion because like super giant 
is super talented yeah. and I know Hades is uh, such a great experience and I I just want to experience it all yeah. and, and and do it on the ecosystem that I prefer. So I'm very, mm-hmm. very excited. More on the Flash news. Last of Us Part 2 gets a performance patch for the PlayStation 5. Uh, once patch one, and this comes from Arnie Meyer from the PlayStation blog, once patch 1.08, The Last of Us Part 2 is installed on your PlayStation 5, you can toggle the display options to allow you to choose between the frame rate target of 30 FPS to 60 FPS. This allows you to choose if you prefer a frame rate that complements the rest of the enhancements that are part of the PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility with PS4 games, such as enhanced resolution, faster load times, and more. So prepare to be sad and get no breaks in between because all the loads are super, super short. So you're going to have to pause when you're crying. Cool. Everybody likes this. This is great. Yeah. Awesome. And somehow I'm, I checked- I'm surprised I want to go back in. Same here. And then I'm not surprised because I went to the comment section and lo and behold, people are still upset about Abby's arms. So, you know, Ugh. it's nice to see that the internet doesn't change. I, For those of you who are listening and not watching, I rolled my eyes so hard they hit the back of my skull. Yeah. So. Same. I was just like, oh man, humanity lost. The next bit of flash news. Let's gain some humanity back. Let's get excited for just <laughs> capitalism. All right, this is great. Newell Dual Sense Colors. Uh, there are two Newell Dual Sense Colors arriving in June 11th right now, uh, right on time for Ratchet and Clank with Midnight Black and Cosmic Red. Ooh, our good friend Nagachaka writes via Discord. We know the smart choice is to buy both controllers. However, if you can only buy one, which would it be? And what colors would you like to see next from PlayStation? Jess, which one's prettier? I think it's red one. I like cosmic red too. Like yes. I if you're basic okay, I don't mean basic in the mean way. I mean <laughs> No no no, just say if you're basic I mean, bitch, it's I'm, fine. Yeah, no, but like if you want something basic, like yeah. I'm glad I don't know, I kind of almost wish that like I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the white controllers, like, that was my biggest thing when I first saw the system. I was like, white's going to get so dirty and gross. I clean controllers. I know Damn. how these things get. That's going to be nasty. So far, mine's been fine, though. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of almost wish that black would have been, like, a standard. Like, there would have been two models or but whatever. That's doesn't matter. It didn't happen. <laughs> um, but now that the fancy colors are coming, you got to go with the fancy color. Right? I like. I think the red's pretty. It's like a I nice like, like Merlot too. Yes, thank you. I was trying to look for the mm-hmm. best word. I'm like crimson, but no Merlot, like a nice wine. I love mm-hmm. it. Kyle, you know, you know, I'm I'm the dumb son of a gun <laughs> that bought both. Kyle, I mean, I you also bought, both. bought. I also bought both. <laughs> yeah. You both bought both. Wow. Yes, I'm a real sucker for money. controllers. Yes. <laughs> I was debating about the red one. Yeah. I was debating. It's just like. Again, I'm bad with money. I just need a little bit of happiness. And I felt like this is the right move. The thing I'm real pissed off about, Kyle, though, I went to order it on PlayStation Direct because you get it on the 11th. Everybody else is the 18th. No no, no luck. No dice, dude. Aww. Constantly. I, it broke my heart because I'm like, I want, I want this. I'm, I host, and I was like, I host a PlayStation podcast. How dare you, Sony? <laughs> no reply since. But Kyle... Yeah. Which 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 one are you buying for? I mean, I really also like the red one. Mm-hmm. 
I also I'm also totally fine with the white controller because uh, like Jess, mine does not get dirty. Sorry, Joe. Uh, Gross, Kyle. <laughs> it gets but gross. Like, to to answer Nagachaka's other part of the question, like what do I want next from PlayStation? I every single generation since three, I have rocked a gold controller while mm. playing on PlayStation. I would mm. I would love a gold dual sense. I'm I'm into pretty much all the offshoots. Like one of my favorite dual shock fours is the Uncharted four one with like that cool like steel blue. Yeah. It was beautiful. Or like back mm. on PS3, um, there's Italian with MLB the show, and it was like a baseball themed Dual Shock Three, which was really really cool. It had like the ribs on, from a baseball on it. So I'm just excited that they're acknowledging and bringing this back so soon. I was I could have sworn we weren't going to get new colors until like next year. Mm. So still upset that there is no version of like Design Lab for PlayStation. Where We're we about to actually. Also, customize. Dave's question was, would you like to see oh. them have a, a yes. Plate? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Please. <laughs> what One color day, would it please. be? What, what color would you pick, Jess, if you had a, a a customized plate option? So after I saw like the little like cosmic theme thing that they're doing, it looks like they're kind of going for like this like spacey like I don't know. It reminds me of like that uh, galaxy background on like the default Max for a while, Same. right? Like. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, I want to see more like galaxy colors. Like, I want like a really cool purple or like a really cool pink, but not like a bright, like like more like a magenta e like, and maybe mm-hmm. have like a little bit of like, I don't know, not metallic. Metallic's the wrong word, but like a little bit of a gloss to it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, give me like some like raspberry glossy type ones or like a nice purple. That's that's what I'm wanting. I'm give dying me the for bisexual colors. <laughs> yes, dude. Give me the purple one. I, I love the purple Dual Shock. That's my favorite mm-hmm. Dual Shock. I love the purple look, and just to see all those like, like, like it being cosmic fied, that would be dope. Or blue, or blue. Mm-hmm. I would go for blue. The the bisexual colors. I'm is, telling you, is is blue part of the, the bisexual flag? It's like yeah, it's like a blue, magenta, pink. blue, yeah. and like yeah. Let's go. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's form yeah. the flag together. Okay. Kyle. Yeah. What say you? You get to pick any color you want. I mean, let's go Mets. You know what I'm saying? Orange and blue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like maybe not like a super bright orange because that could be very annoying. Yeah. Uh, but like a, a, an orange with with the option of doing like the touch button of blue. Okay. Or like it, swapping out like you didn't the, want to the, complete the, the flag actual. with us. That's fine. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'll buy any color. Like it's that's, fine. That's like, true. <laughs> I'll have a collection of twenty dual senses if they're all different colors. Like that's gonna be my house. <laughs> mm. This is the foundation. Dual sense. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Some more flash news, but Kyle, we're bringing back a segment. Okay, it's been too long. It's been literally a year since. Jess, are you holding on to something? Am I holding on to something? Yeah, just like hold on to the desk. Should Brace. I be? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Right, 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 right. Right. <clears throat> Prepare the drop. Here are some of the latest deals, steals, and games dropping on the PlayStation storefront. Days Gone is out on PC. Something about if you really like it, like buy on day one or whatever. Quote here. Day of Play Returns, May 26th to June 9th. Here are some deals you should know about. PS5 games, Demon Souls, Miles Morales, Sackboy, the Neo Collection, PlayStation 4 games, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles Morales, Predator Hunting Grounds, 
Sackboy of Big Adventure and The Last of Us Part 2. I How bad does your throat Woo! hurt? You haven't done that in a year. I am just sore. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I love man. it. Yeah, I didn't I break. Love, I got to... I thought I was coming on for a podcast, but I just witnessed some pro voice acting. Right? Yeah, I right? Know. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it, did, it did sound like it. That said, so those are all the deals. I'm very, very excited for the Neo collection so I could get pissed off at Neo 1, not touch it again. <laughs> I love that. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, Days of Play is also coming back. If you're interested in like, there's like new themes, new icons that you can have as well. If so, yeah, it was the competition it. that they had last year where the most trophies earned. Um, there was a lucky winner uh, and they got like an actual platinum trophy sent to them mm. in the mail. Uh, this year they're not doing that, but there is like mm. if you participate and you hit certain milestones, you'll get themes for your PS4 avatars that you can use on your PS5 since themes are not a thing on PS5 mm. anymore. But I, I really do enjoy them really um, digging into trophies. Yeah. I think trophies are a thing that PlayStation does well, and a lot, a big section of that community loves getting trophies. So I love that they're playing into it and actually acknowledging their existence. Absolutely. And now, Kyle, since we we prepared the drop, everybody landed safe. It's yeah. time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeah, this is another voice I do. It's another bit, and people get really really upset if I don't do it. Anyway, bye, God. Uh, as you all know, we have a set of tubes that I've created on this very internet highway. Okay. We got one tube that you can send your questions in via Twitter. That's at PS Trophy Room. Make sure you follow us. We have another tube or Discord. That's right. Discord. You can send your questions every Wednesday over there or on Patreon and sometimes even email. You guys can email us as well. Your questions in for the week. And then I gather them. We talk about them real quick on the show. So Dano on Twitter writes, what game would you wish to see become Legofied? This is a good one. What Meaning a Lego set made from the based off the game? I'm thinking like a game. Like let's take like a, a Lego game of that. Yeah, like a Lego oh. game of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. I think my answer is the Sim. Yeah. Okay. Bloodborne. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> she knows what shows. Because I was on. thinking, genuinely though, I was thinking like. Like imagine like a Yarnum like like Lego kit. Lego that would set. be super mm-hmm. fucking cool. Oh, that would so be I hit so my cool. Mic. That's how excited I am at this. <laughs> uh yeah, like Bloodborne deserves the best, which is Legos. You don't want to get them like it'd suck if it's like Bloodborne Lincoln Logs edition. Mega blocks. Mm, <laughs> yeah, Mega yeah. box connects. Oh gross. Kyle. Bloodborne Bionicles though. Oh, oh Jess. <laughs> You're speaking to eight-year-old Joe that collected a shit ton of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, like I, the love, I love Bionicles. Yeah. Shit was good. <laughs> it was so... It was so. It was the best. It was the best type of Lego. Kyle, if you get to Legofy yeah. anything, what would yep. it be? Uh, so, earlier when I saw this question, I didn't realize that Dana was asking for a game. So, mm-hmm. I instantly thought of Stranger Things. A Stranger Ooh. Things Lego game. I oh, think that'd be, be super dope. cool. Oh, that's but great. if I'm gonna take a game in Lego Fight, yeah. uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Same. Mm. Give you me those dinos. Damn. <laughs> Give me those dinos and black forms. I think oh, that yeah. would uh, that'd be great. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Y'all both took mine. Bloodborne and Horizon would be it. 
I would love to see an Uncharted one though. But like <laughs> they they have an Indiana Jones one. Sure. Yeah. You know what would be really funny to What's funny that? in like a weird messed up way? The Last, Last of, of Us. us. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that'd be so fucked up. <laughs> Just Ellie slitting Lego people's oh, throats. Oh no. You could like you could God. switch the head. You know how like they have two yes! faces sometimes and Switch and just X's for eyes. Mm-hmm. Golf when you turn it around. And everything. Yeah. God, that's <laughs> I don't want to live in y'all heads. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh Lego Red Dead Redemption 2 and all the Lego horses have Lego balls. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. Oh my god. Uh, Dream, uh, sorry, Dear Dream Studio writes on Twitter, one, how is Returnal doing sales-wise? Two, if not good, is PlayStation supply and or the $70 price tag to blame or something else? Um, from what I've seen so far, I've seen some naysaying, but I think it's doing pretty damn good. I think only time's going to tell on, tell on that one. And I don't know if... Mm. I don't really think the $70 price tag is really the thing holding people back. But I don't now, know. Jeff, you go. I, I wouldn't think so. I, I wouldn't think that the supply is an issue, too, because I feel like a majority of sales are probably digital. And I think it's too early for us to have, like, really solid reports on the numbers of sales. Yeah. Um, I think if there's anything holding it back, it's probably just the the way that our media consumption works and that a lot of times people don't like to deviate from already established IPs Mm -hmm. Um, or like if they're not games from like the powerhouse, like six big studios. Um, And so I feel like maybe that's kind of it. And I think that people like, okay, I honestly did not know that it was like a roguelike type game until I started seeing like, like people talking about it more um, and like the reviews start coming out. Like I, I thought it was going to be more of like a horror-ish type game. Oh, it definitely um, scares the shit out of you. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some it's, moments. But yeah, so I mean, I think that maybe there just wasn't quite the same push sure. like that some of these bigger games get, and that could be part of it, but I don't think it's doing poorly. Yeah. No. N- n- yeah. Go for it, Kyle. I pulled up a, a, a sales chart from Game Rant uh, on May 10th. Uh, Returnal was the third most downloadable downloaded game in the U.S. in Canada and the fourth in Europe okay. for April of 2021. So I, it's doing fairly well. Yeah. Um, that is only think on the market for one is, day, right? And that yeah. Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think the, the price point is affecting it at all. Um, I think the word of mouth is doing wonders for that. And even people who are not into roguelikes want to have that Want to get rid of that FOMO feeling sure. of fear of missing out and hopping in and seeing what all the the new the new hotness is. Oh uh-huh. God, I hate that I said new hotness. Oh, is that, that to the word? List. Do you want to ban that? Yes, okay. please. That's a word I'll start uh, using. Yeah, but now. it's a it's a banger of a game. It's well worth the seventy dollars. <laughs> so, T. Oh. Yeah, it is a banger of a good time. All right. Famous Seamus, the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my entire life. You could write that down. You could put it on paper, send it to the governor because it's true. Got to ask you, what to you were the hardest decisions to make in the Mass Effect series? And this question trickles on in to what you've been playing. Kyle, I am playing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I have completed mass effect one and i'm here to say this game a game that i couldn't get into little joe didn't like the mako so much this game holds up 
so darn well. Like, it's absolutely... It, it, like, it, it is somewhat of a relic of its time for sure, but it's so interesting to see the germ of this game go into other RPGs that we love and now we just hold as, like, staple parts of what an RPG is. You just see it in, in this game. It's It's really... It's really interesting to see. I loved my time with it. Even if the controls were still a little wonky, even if, you know, some of the abilities, if I was an adept, it kind of sucked. Uh, you know, some of the guns are completely overpowered, like the pistol or the sniper, but like, I really dug the story that they were telling here. And more importantly, the lore that they're setting up for this entire universe. I, I almost platinum this game. I know by the end of the summer, this game will be platinumed because that's how much I'm just absolutely loving Mass Effect 1. And even going into Mass Effect 2, um, I'm like seeing how the game has evolved. It's just so awesome to see. The hardest decision I had to I had for Mass Effect 1 was who was I banging? Now, here's the thing: Mass Effect Romances. You know, they're pretty much like, okay, all you got to do is choose. There's nothing hard about it. Whatever. It's everybody's interested in Shep. And or is thing. everything hard about it, Joe? Oh, 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 Kyle, you cheeky son of a gun. You're right. <laughs> because all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I know female Shepard, unfortunately, can't, can't, you know, do Miranda. My love of my life. Okay. So I'm female Shep. Absolutely love the voice acting, by the way. Jennifer Hale just... Fucking yeah. slays. Oh my god. I was such an idiot doing Mail Shap one of my first original playthrough because she just owns the role. So I had a choice. And it was the hardest choice in my life. And that is Garrus? What's going on? What do you want? Okay. No? <laughs> my mother comes in. I don't know if you saw her. No. She's like, I need the gallon of water. Anyway. Um, the hardest choice in my life was between Garrus. Or Liara. Liara, she a cutie. But then there's something about Garrus. And I was like, am I going to sleep with Garrus? And I got closer to her and I was like, am I going to bang Garrus? And I got to it and I banged Garrus. <laughs> and then I was just like, okay. Something felt wrong. Like I just, I just had sex with my friend type of deal, you know? And so I went back to my load save. And I chose Liara, and something felt right there. Something felt like she is the one. So as much as I love Garrus, and it was just a fling, my heart went with Liara. But just know, you know, Garrus and I were drunk one day. <laughs> <laughs> so you just had a little, had a little experiment. Exactly. Yeah. We're, it's college. It's yeah. college. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I still love you, Garrus. <laughs> Kyle. Yeah. What was the hardest decision here? What? And, and, and going through Mass Effect. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on it? Because I know you're a fake fan. <laughs> How dare you? Um, I'm still not super far. I, I've only played maybe an hour and a half, two hours to it. Um, but I I feel like the hardest decision going into this, because again, never played one. Two is one of my favorites, and I really enjoy three as well. Uh, going into this as I'm, play, I'm playing two and three back in the day, I'm like, oh man, it, Ashley, what a great character. I loved Ashley. And then not realizing just how awful of a human being Ashley is in this first game. Mm -hmm. So 
the hardest decision is uh, how quickly can I get rid of her? <laughs> it, it, it's like, how can I not include her? Why was I still stupid and yeah. not really paying attention to the... Because I believe 2 on PS3 had the option of like you pre-choosing all these events from the first game as a way to like kind of catch you up and make that kind of feel natural. And I don't remember if they totally said that Ashley is a, uh, a basically a, a space racist. Oh no, she definitely uh, is. No, I know, but I mean, like in that little catch up on PS3 for two, like I don't know if they like mentioned that in that. There's like a red cap it. in her drawer. It's just it's it's <laughs> insinuated. It's implied. Yeah. But like, oh my god, I did not realize just how awful Ashley mm-hmm. is in this first game. Um, Trust yeah. me, as as a Hispanic, I was I was automatically attracted to Ashley, and then like the first line out of her is like, "Whoa, lady, back off! I don't know you." <laughs> yeah, he really does not like aliens. Yeah, but I'm, I'm having a good time. Okay, good. Uh, like you said, the the it's a definitely product of its time. It's definitely been iterated for good ways in two and three. Like my god, that menu and so bad. trying to. The upgrade your weapons and change equipment and whew, it is definitely a product of its time um but i'm having a great time every dialogue every NPC i walk up to i know it's weird i have the same kind of uh routine i go to investigate i ask all the questions and then i i pick my answer i'm going full paragon because that's what i do i, I um, find it really hard to be an asshole in a game i can't do it either um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited to keep going because I genuinely love how quickly I was attached to these characters awesome. in one. Yeah. Hey, Jess, I know you just you, you got a new job, you got finals, you're busy. <laughs> Have you been able to? But squeeze? not too busy for Mass Effect. Yes. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah. No, yes, I. Yes. Uh, Go for it. I am almost done with the first game. Oh my right god. now. So. Oh my god. Yes. So. I'm almost done with that one, um, and... Is it your first time playing the first one? Oh, no. Okay. I, I, me and that series, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> love, I, I love it. Um, but I have complicated feelings. Oh, yeah? I love it. I love it so much, but whew, we're talking about Ashley being bad. I gotta say, a lot of these characters, I love them dearly. They are real problematic for me. <laughs> the hardest choice in Mass Effect so far for me has been having to call Garrus a dumbass constantly because he's just a real fucking. He's a dumbass. No, I'm like, but he's you, a good you boy. need to. Uh, he is just Mr. Like Police Brutality right away. And I'm like, sir, you need to calm down. <laughs> Like his he heart's really in the right is. Place. He's. I get his heart is in the right place, yeah. but I am just like Garrus. You're real close from being included in a cab right now. <laughs> like <laughs> you need to you need to calm down. Like I love you, and you do get better. But like his whole like literally every interaction you have with him, you go up to him, and he's just like, "Wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to follow laws and we could just beat the shit out of people?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Dude." <laughs> True. Like what are you doing? Like what? I no. asked how your day was, Garris. <laughs> oh my god! It's every single time I go up to him, and I'm just like, God, I I love you so much. Like we need to work on this. Yeah, yeah, we, that's um, totally right. Now that you say, it, he's just like, dude. It's like I just said, well, how was your lunch? And you're saying, what? What if I was, you know, judge, jury, and executioner? <laughs> you slow yeah. Down. Um, I don't know. Like, and like, you'll be having these normal conversations with people too, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, 
Mm, I don't know. I think the Rachni being exterminated was a good thing. Mm, I don't know. I think that the Krogan being infertilized was a good thing. And it's like, y'all are just talking about genocide so casually and yeah. like making other races extinct. Yeah. Like, and, th and that's the thing about like Mass Effect plays into like the, the race card like really well. It's like mm -hmm. none of these alien species trust each other, like each other. They have like all these biases towards each other. But like they're somehow also trying to work with one another to have some type of mutual, not even just like goal, but like understanding. It's it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. And in some ways it's super effective, right? Because yeah. like these are like real like this is these are real issues that, you know, people face when two societies meet when, two, you know, but at the same time, I feel like at times it feels like a very, very cynical Mm. version of of like what's to happen like i even True. i saw a tweet i don't remember who tweeted it but they were playing mass effect for the first time and they said mass effect is if like it is if they took star trek and decided but like what if everybody was a piece of shit about it <laughs> Because it's kind of it's kind of a bit true. It's like it doesn't have yeah. that optimism to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like very much like you're strange, you're different, I don't like you, but maybe we can get along. Mm. And I, it's a bit rough at times. It really is. Like I, I love the game. I have so much fun playing them. I started it and I was like, oh, I'm so busy this week. I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to play. But sure. as you can see, I put <laughs> probably 12 hours into it already. Yeah. Um, I forgot that, like, in Mass Effect 1, the two, like, main planets that you go to to do your first, like, couple missions, like, the storylines at those planets are so good. They don't feel just, like, open world, like, whatever stories. Like, the whole thing with the Rachni and then with the, um, why can I not remember the, the plant type thing that makes the oh. bones on the one yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll just call him Tony. You, you, yeah, Tony. The the thing with the Rack Nine, the thing yeah. with Tony, of course. Um, yeah. like really, like they're really good stories, and it's really compelling, and like it doesn't feel like you're just like clicking, clicking to get to Saren, right? Like you're like yeah. experiencing those stories on those planets. Yeah, and that's why I think I love massive. Like the the reason why, like it, it is like you're supposed to have issues with some of these things like yeah mm -hmm. i i love i love how it's like a look at star a star trek but like way more cynical and that's why i always love going paragon because it's it's always like optimism uh and hope and faith in the face of diversity like there is an awesome quest where like the captain's inspecting your ship and the captain's like a racist piece of trash and he's like this mm -hmm. ship is cool and all but like you know the turians helped you build it what's this about like oh this is wrong that's wrong oh you gotta your, your squads with a bunch of aliens what's wrong with you and you could answer like a complete dick or you'd be like no the, these people get it done this ship is you know mm -hmm. unlike any other in the in the fleet it's one of a kind because of the the people that 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 are inside of it that make it this way and that's that's what makes mass effect really awesome for me because i'm very much of that mm -hmm. same type as like hope optimism in the face of uncertainty is always the thing that hits me at my core the most you know yeah i i absolutely agree with you i think yeah. like i said there are some things i think that going back and and having kind of different views than i had maybe you know 10 years ago when i first played because the game is very militaristic but then yeah. again like 90 percent of video games are so it's like true 
it kind of just is the the state of things. Um, but I do I do agree with you. I feel like you are rewarded for kind of having like that optimism there. I mean, even like I did something last night when I was playing, um, there's like some protests going on in like the Citadel. Um, and this guy is like, Hey, can you endorse me? And you talk to him about like what his stances are for, for you to endorse him. And he's like a real Trumpy type dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not endorsing you because like, I'm not racist is basically what she ends up saying. Or like, I don't see like, you know, aliens is like a threat that we need to increase our military spending to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, and like you get Paragon points for that, for, for not leaning into the militarism. So it's interesting because at times I feel like the game has messages that kind of work against each other mm -hmm. um, because there are like those subtle ways that violence and the military and all that and like individualism, yeah. like Shepard being like the sole like serve, you know, like protector of the galaxy and stuff like that and having all of that on him rather than it being something that feels more. I don't know, community-based, but at the same time, like, that's just how video games are. It yeah. falls into a lot of the traps that video games just fall into because they're video games. Um, yeah. No, that was... That's fair. Yeah, I loved our talk. This is super freaking interesting. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Uh, just one Go more it, real Kyle. quick thing about that. Um, since this is my first time playing Mass Effect 1, I am in awe and shock of how quickly I loathe Saren. Oh, From the yeah. instant that Saren shows up, I'm like, this creature, this being, needs to go away forever. Just like it, it's the the way it that character is written, the mm -hmm. on screen actions that you see very early on, you clearly can tell that they there is no good in Saren yeah. whatsoever. I'm excited to learn more. I'm excited to keep going into it. But now I now understand when people are like, yeah. Mass Effect 2 with, like, the Reapers and, 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 and the suicide mission. Cool. But, like, Saren is, like, another level of villain. And yeah. I'm very excited to keep going Same. with that. Well, one. I think what's cool with Saren, like, I'm really, really glad that you brought him up um, compared mm -hmm. to the other games, is, like, Saren isn't, like... I have ultimate power. I'm the most powerful thing. And that's why I am the bad guy. And I'm doing all mm -hmm. this. Like they, at multiple points, they say he's very charismatic. He's manipulative. And it's also ironic that this charismatic manipulative person is like manipulated by his goals. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting that that's like what's at work here. It's not about a battle of who has the biggest guns at this point. Like, mm -hmm. and part of it, part of that frustration with Saren is it's not the fact that he is like this unstoppable force, right? Part of what frustrates you, frustrates you in Mass Effect One, and it kind of in a lesser extent happens in Two, is the fact that like the powers that be could help you. Like they could yeah. help you get this guy, but they're they're bogging it down, and that's why it's like you have somebody who like Garrus, who's like, well, wouldn't it be great? And it's like part of he's like, yeah, sure, but like there is a process. But also, what about when the process fails people and people are gonna die because these people won't act on it? So yeah. like, mm -hmm. Saren's an interesting villain, and I think that like Mass Effect Two put the series like set it up, set up the series and set up the whole story in a very interesting way, and like having it be like this more personal low stakes story at the start and then kind of escalate was a very good call. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, lo I love the way you talk about it, Jess. I honest to goodness. It like, I was in completely enthralled. It, it was so freaking deep. Thank you. First off, first <laughs> well, you're and foremost, very sweet. yeah, I, I was, I was just like, damn, I'm just like, yes, 
Yeah, Saren bad. And you're like, you're giving me all these deep and like <laughs> philosophical res replies. It's all uh, amazing. That said, that's pretty much it for the trophy room. This has been a fantastic week. Kyle, anything yeah. you'd like to spotlight before you go? Absolutely. Uh, I like to spotlight myself, Mr. KSEP, on Twitter and on PSN. You can find all the indie game coverage I do over at 61indie.com and 61indie on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, all the places. Um, this weekend on Saturday from 6 p.m. Eastern to midnight, we're going to be doing a six hour charity stream for Palestinian uh, children in need. So go come check out, donate whatever you can. And uh, yeah. I love you very much. I'll be there as well. Sweet. I love you so much. You're doing so so many great things. <laughs> uh, Jess, honest to goodness, I had an absolute blast having you here. We need to have you on again because your your insight is just amazing. I, I, I talked you up too much this episode. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me over on Twitter at a wild Jessichu, and honestly, everything is kind of linked from there. So, um, I I live on Twitter. That's like my little my little hole in the ground. So, <laughs> excellent, excellent. And before we head on off, um, I want to thank everybody. We've been doing a uh, review blitz uh, giveaway for Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. If we hit over two hundred reviews worldwide. We're going to be giving away a copy of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. We already, we're, we're almost there. We're like in the teens away from hitting 200. So go over there, rate us five stars. Your responses to us, your messages to us have been just the thing that's been keeping me level headed the past few days. So I want to uh, shout out uh, Drake Drizzy Dragon, who gave us a five star review and says, amazing. The title says it all. I work at Costco and in the super early morning before we're open, I listen to every week at work. I can't wait to listen or to, or sorry, I can't wait to see the notification that there was a new episode. Thank you so freaking much, man. Thank you so much. That means the world to us. Again, it's what we always say in the beginning of the show. We got you through a long day at work, car ride, whatever the case is. That's that review really, really made Made me happy right here in my old heart. That said, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find the show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find the video version of this show on YouTube at the Trophy Room channel. You can find the Trophy Room podcast wherever you find your podcast services, like Apple Podcasts, Raven is Five Stars, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast services, you can find the show there. With all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you, keep hunting. Keep playing PlayStation. Love y'all.